Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord family and welcome to the first edition of Times of Importation, which is our midweek service here at the Shepherd's Fold Restoration family. We are located the beautiful Shy Hills in the greater Accra region of Ghana. My name is Johnny, Pastor Johnny, and I'm delighted to serve you the word of God this evening. I know that your life will never be the same. Amen. Father on your hearts and let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we commit this time that we are about to hear your word to you. We do so because it is you who can cause your word to come alive in our hearts. And help us to benefit the most from it. Thank you, Father, for the role of your spirit in all of this. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will release upon us this evening the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, and the spirit of understanding. Everyone listening to me tonight, I pray, may he or she experience you and receive an impartation from you. I thank you, Father, for what you're going to do this evening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now, we've declared here under the Shepherd's Fold Restoration family that the year 2022 is our year of progress and advancement. And um, we are setting out on a journey to pray into this new year and i'm believing god that he's going to bless us massively and that each and every one of us will experience real progress and advancement in our lives if you're expecting it say amen and your expectation will not be cut off and so from this week we've been praying we've been fasting i thought that it would be great to take a little time and share with you some important truths about fasting some important truths about fasting now i could have spoken about some important truths about prayer and fasting but i know that the subject of prayer is a subject that a lot of teachings have gone on about but not so much has been taught on fasting and the important role it plays in our lives. And so, instead of focusing on the two, I'm sure that at another time, I'll focus on the prayer bit. But I, I feel like dwelling a bit on the fasting aspect of the exercise that we're doing currently. And so, I'm sharing with you important truths about fasting. Number one. Fasting, in its most basic form, is 
voluntarily abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. So I'm attempting to define what fasting is. I'll say it again. In its most basic form, it is voluntarily abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. That is to say that when you decide that I'm not going to eat just so I can be spiritual or just so I can focus on God, I can pray, I can wait on God, I can meditate on him. I'm deciding that I'm not going to eat at all so that my physical senses will be suppressed or my physical needs will be suppressed so that I can connect with God. Now that is a spiritual purpose. So anytime you embark on such an exercise and it's not like somebody is forcing you to do it. You are voluntarily on your own volition deciding that I'm not going to eat any food over this period. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what fasting is. So again, in its most basic form, it is voluntarily abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Number two. Sometimes people abstain from water when they are fasting. But that is more of an exception rather than the rule. That's the second truth I need you to understand. That sometimes as part of their fasting, people, some people may decide that I'm not going to drink water or drink anything at all. And I'm explaining to you that such an arrangement is more of an exception. It is not like the rule. Because if you check through it, you you realize that usually when we say fasting in its most basic form, it's just about abstaining from food. It is not abstaining from water. And as we go along, I'm going to stress or touch a little bit on that. So the second truth is that sometimes people abstain from water when they are fasting, but that is more of an exception rather than the rule. Number three, when you are fasting... You could also intentionally deny yourself of other physical pleasures apart from food. When you are fasting, you could also intentionally deny yourself of other physical pleasures apart from food. What kind of pleasures? For example, you can decide that I'm not going to have sex. I'm not going to watch television. Or I'm not going to browse the internet. Or I'm not going to spend time on my phone. Etc. Things like that. You can decide to abstain from all of that. Or deny yourself of all of these things. As part of your fasting exercise. And the reason why you do that. Is so that you can really focus on God. And be spiritual. Understand therefore that as part of your fasting. Although fasting in its basic form is abstinence from food you could also decide in order to enhance the spiritual experience to stay away from other physical pleasures you know and you can have an arrangement with your spouse with your wife that during this period of fasting we are going to abstain from making love you know and why would you do that you would do that because you you really want to stay so focused on god you really want to concentrate on god and you don't want anything to be a distraction so notice that you can actually do that also the point again is when you're fasting you could also intentionally deny yourself of other physical pleasures apart from food pleasures like making love watching television browsing the internet scrolling on your phone 
etc. Wonderful. Number four. And by the way, somebody is saying that, hey, since we started preaching, we've not opened the Bible. Take your time now. We will open the Bible. Alright, I'm setting a setting basic foundation and then we will get into the scripture. So don't you worry at all. Have I ever preached to you that I didn't open the Bible before? So why do you want to start a quarrel with me? We'll get into the scriptures very soon. So we have three points. The fourth one is that fasting is a major biblical principle that often goes with prayer. It's another important truth about fasting that it is a major biblical principle that often goes with prayer. That is the fourth point. The fifth point, the fifth truth is that fasting is one of the important secrets to answered prayer. Fasting is one of the important secrets to answered prayer. Now, let's look at some scriptures. Ezra chapter 8 and verse 23. Ezra chapter 8 and verse 23. How many more minutes do I have? I didn't check my time. My timekeeper. How many more minutes do I have? 20 more minutes. Alright. I didn't check my time. So, we are relaxed here. It's not any gidigidi matabia. Ezra, it's in your Bible. It is after Matthew. So check again, you will find it. Please, Ezra is in the Old Testament. So if you are looking into the New Testament, oh, you are making a serious mistake. Ezra chapter 8 verse 23. So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God will take care of us. Now notice what he says. And he heard our prayer. And he heard our prayer. So he starts off by saying, so we fasted. Number one. And earnestly prayed that our God will take care of us. May God take care of you this year. Hallelujah. And then I like the conclusion of this verse. He's saying that, and he, that is God, heard our prayer. These are the words of Ezra. Now, Ezra was a scribe. He was a priest. And when Artaxerxes I, who was the king of Persia, gave the edict or the instruction that the Jewish people could return to Jerusalem, you know, they were captured and were carried into captivity, into Babylon, by King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, over a period of time, different kingdoms came into power and the kingdom of Persia overpowered the kingdom of Babylonia. So now Artaxerxes I became the king and he was somebody that God used to carry out his purposes. So one day, God directed him to give an instruction that the exiles, the Jewish exiles, could actually return to Jerusalem. And he also gave an instruction that when they go back, Ezra should teach them the law of God, what is called the Torah. The Torah is made up of the first five books of Moses. He should teach them and start a revival, a revival into God, into his law, and into his instructions. And so Ezra led the exiles, and they traveled over a period of four months, I believe. But before they set off, 
he and the people went into a time of prayer and fasting that God will take care of them. Now, they did not just pray, but they fasted as well. And we see in the scripture that I read that God heard their prayer. Now, what led to answered prayer? I believe that one of the keys or the secrets to their prayer being answered was that they fasted. And that is why I'm submitting to you that fasting is actually an important secret that can result in your prayer being answered. Now, during this period, as we pray and fast, may God answer our prayers. May God respond to our petitions. May God deal graciously with us. And everything that we present to him, may he grant us a favorable response. Can I hear an amen from somebody this evening? Hallelujah. Number five, I believe, the fifth point. Remember that I'm sharing with you truths about fasting. The next point, which is the sixth one, is that in Jesus' sermon on the mount, he made it quite clear that God expects us to fast just as he expects us to give and to pray. I'll say that again. In Jesus' sermon on the mount, the sermon on the mount, depending on how you're looking at it, is the first sermon that Jesus preached according to the book of Matthew. But if you read from the gospel according to St. Luke, this was after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights and had been tempted of the devil in the wilderness. He returned and went to the synagogue and he took the, 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 the book, the law, and he read, you know, from Isaiah and then he shared a few things there. So that depending on how you're looking at it, maybe the first one. But according to Matthew, the first sermon that Jesus preached is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm saying to you, my friends, that in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he made it very clear that God expects us to fast just as he expects us to give and just as he expects us to pray. Hallelujah. Now, God has different expectations of us. And one of them is that we will fast. He's expecting us to fast. He expects us to give. He expects us to pray. But he also expects us to fast. So let's look at it. Matthew chapter 6 verse 2 and 3. Matthew chapter 6 verse 2 and 3. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. Blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So Jesus is talking about giving. And he says here, when you give. Which means that he's expecting us to give. Because if, he, if he's not expecting us to give, he would have said, if you give. But he says, when you give. Which means that it is an expectation of God where we are concerned that we will give. So, we see here that God expects us to give. Now, look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. Matthew 6, 5 and 6. It says, when you pray. Now, notice. 
when you pray, not if you pray. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. So here he's talking about prayer and he says when you pray, not if you pray. Let's move on to Matthew chapter 6 verse 16 to 18. And when you fast, and when you fast, not and if you fast. He says and when you fast, don't make it obvious. As the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled. So people will admire them for their fasting. So there are some people when they are fasting. They do their faces some way. As if they have drank lemon juice. Or they've drank. As if they've drank neem tea. Have you drank neem tea before? It is very, very, very bitter. I have a daughter who wasn't well. And I recommended neem tea. She said I cannot drink said daddy i can never drink and she didn't drink it too because there are some people their mouth inside they sweet them and which is some way no more on day and you one day all right so there are some people when they are fasting the way they walk they look on their face when you say praise the lord then they respond, Hallelujah. When they do that, it's so that you will see that Charlie, they have embarked on some wild spiritual exercise. Now, Jesus is saying that stop that rough day. That the hypocrites. Now, another name for a hypocrite is actor. Actor. <laughs> so, any actor that you know can also be called a hypocrite. <laughs> So, he says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, that is very disorganized and kept, so that people will admire them for their fasting. It's called show, 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 show. He says, I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, notice that phrase again, but when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Hallelujah. In all of these scriptures I read, the first one, when you give, not if you give. The second one, when you pray, not if you pray. Now the third one, when you fast, not if you fast. Not if you fast, when you fast. So what all these scriptures are pointing out to us is that God actually expects us not only to give, not only to pray, but also to fast. It is an expectation from God. Can I have an amen from somebody? The next one, fasting is not just an Old Testament practice. It was practiced in the New Testament by the early church. That is the next truth about fasting. That it is not just an Old Testament practice. 
it is something that was actually practiced in the new testament by the early church and by the leaders of the early church so let's look at some scriptures some in the old testament and then some in the new testament to confirm that fasting was something that was practiced both under the old testament and the new testament ezra chapter 8 verse 21 i told you a bit about ezra it says in ezra 8 21 21 21 not 23 21 and there by the ahava canal i that is ezra gave orders to all of us to fast and humble ourselves before our god we pray that you'll give us a safe journey and protect us our children and our goods as we traveled ezra is in the old testament ezra was an old testament priest and here you could see that he led the people to fast to fast and to pray so this is under the old testament look at another scripture psalms 35 verse 13 these are the words of david now david was talking about those who oppress him those who hate him those who have bad intentions concerning him they slander him they accuse him and everything and he was praying some very wild prayers about them he says in verse 13 yet when they were ill that means his oppressors when they were ill i grieved for them the next thing he says is that i denied myself by fasting for them i denied myself by fasting for them but my prayers returned unanswered oh he fasted but his prayers were not answered but it's interesting to note that he's saying that i actually fasted for certain people david was under the old covenant and we see that he fasted and there are many more scriptures but i've just settled on those two leading us to the next scripture which is in the new testament i'm establishing a point that fasting was not just done under the old covenant but it was a practice that was carried out under the new testament as well acts chapter 13 verse 1 to 3 among the prophets and teachers of the church at antioch of syria were barnabas simeon called the black man he was very dark lucius from cyrene manaim the childhood companion of king herod antipas and saul who came to be known as paul so these were prophets and they were teachers in the church at antioch it continues one day as these men were worshiping the lord and fasting the holy spirit said appoint barnabas and saul for the special work to which i have called them so after more fasting and prayer the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way in the church at antioch there were these prophets and teachers everybody knew they were prophets everybody knew they were teachers but they embarked on a spiritual exercise and they fasted and prayed they fasted and prayed and during the period of prayer and fasting the holy spirit spoke and asked that barnabas and saul would be sent out so they became apostles they were known as prophets they were known as teachers but as the the leaders spent time to pray and to fast they were launched out into their apostolic ministry and that is where it started so i'm showing you this is under the new testament that they actually fasted and prayed 
In fact, Saul, when he was converted for three days, he didn't eat or drink anything. He fasted and he prayed. So you see that practice under the New Testament. And it brings us to the next point. How many minutes do I have? Ten. Including everything. Just the preaching. It doesn't include offering and all of that. Just the preaching. Alright. That's good. Like I said, we are very relaxed there. We are not tying ourselves down with too many rules and protocols. Or bureaucratic things. The next point. What am I preaching to you about? What's the title of my message? Important truths about fasting. So don't get lost. We are talking about fasting. And I'm sharing about it because we are in a season of prayer and fasting. For two weeks, that is what we are doing. I know that it's not been easy for you so far, but you are pressing on. Well done. Congratulations. Some of you, this is the first time that you have actually gone the full lap without eating anything. Congratulations. You are progressing and advancing in spirituality. Clap for yourself where you are. God bless you. The next point, Jesus, who is our great example, actually fasted. It's another truth that I want to present to you, which is that Jesus, who is our great example, actually fasted. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 to 2. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 and 2. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. He fasted and became very hungry. This is Jesus, our example, the standard that we look up to. Ladies and gentlemen, your standard is not your pastor. Your standard is not your prophet. And your standard is certainly not your bishop. Or your archbishop or cardinal or pope. Or chief justice. Or president or whatever. Our standard is Jesus himself. So my advice to you is that always look to Jesus. Because he's the author and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. Now Jesus who is our standard and is our best example. We see from the holy scriptures that he actually fasted. And notice in this scripture that the Bible says he fasted and became very hungry. What I should tell you is that he drank water. Otherwise, it would have said that he became very hungry and thirsty. And perhaps it would have stressed more on the thirst than on the hunger. So it is logical to deduce that the fasting that Jesus embarked on, the 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, was only without food. But he must have drank water or drank some juices. Alright, so that again supports my assertion that fasting in its most basic form is abstinence from food. And Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Somebody is saying that, Pastor, if Jesus did 40 days and 40 nights, why are we only doing 14 days? Please, please, if you want to do 40 days, God bless you. Yeah, welcome. Look, in this church, we don't stress ourselves. Anything you want to do, which is legal, which is according to the law, you, you, you can do it. And so, if you want to do 40 days or 39 days, for whatever reason, go ahead and do it. 
I said that we are doing 14 days, but it's not cast in stone. Hmm? So, if you want to do 40 days and 40 nights, go ahead and do it. I've never done 40 days and 40 nights before because I haven't felt led to do it. What I say? Yes, so please, let's not quarrel over this. But Jesus, our great example, he fasted. So, it, he sets an example for us that fasting is something that we must do. Hallelujah. And then, the last point for the day which I'm going to start, but I doubt if I can finish, is this, that the basic spiritual purpose of fasting, the basic spiritual purpose of fasting is self-humbling. It is a God-appointed way to humble ourselves. I'm showing to you the basic spiritual purpose why we fast. It is a way of humbling ourselves. There's something called self-humbling. Where you are humbling yourself. And it is God who has appointed or set up such a way. So that you and I can humble ourselves. Why? Because you see, if we don't humble ourselves. Or without humility, we can never, go, we can never get close to God. And we can never experience him. Without humility, you cannot. Without humility, you will never get answers to your prayers. It takes humility to have answered prayers. And without humility, you will never experience the lifting up of the Lord. You never experience divine exaltation or divine promotion in your life. So really, when you humble yourself and you walk in humility, God actually comes close to you. Look at Psalm 138 verse 6. Psalms 138 verse 6. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble. People who are humble. God cares about them. Now the next thing he says, but he keeps his distance from the proud. (laughs) He keeps far away from proud people. So when you walk in humility or you practice humility, God comes close to you. He cares about you and he helps you. So humility is a very, very, very important virtue that we must operate in. Look at some scriptures on humility and then we close. Matthew 18 verse 4. How many minutes do I have? Four minutes. Matthew 18 verse 4. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. This is Jesus speaking. One day the disciples asked him, who is the greatest? And then he he, he drew close to himself a little child, probably put him on his laps. And then he says that anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So greatness is associated with humility. Somebody say greatness is associated with humility. Matthew 23 verse 12. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. So this is Jesus speaking. And he's exposing to us what happens when you are humble. 
or when you practice self-humility. He says you will be exalted. May you be exalted this year as you practice humility and you wear humility as a garment in Jesus' name. James chapter 4 verse 10. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. So if you want to experience honor, if you want to be honored, if you want to be called honorable this year, then the key is to humble yourself. Last scripture, 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 6. These are all scriptures on humility. And I'm, I'm pointing them out to you so that you understand that there is a link between your humility and your greatness. There is a link between your humility and your exaltation. There is a link between your humility and honor. First Peter 5, 6. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Hallelujah. So you can see how important humility is. And humility causes us to be blessed, causes us to become great. Humility causes us to become exalted. Humility causes us to be honored. And notice that the responsibility to humble ourselves has been placed on us. God is not the one who is going to humble us. We have to humble ourselves. It is your responsibility to humble yourself. It's not the responsibility of God. And in fact, there's a prayer that you should not pray. Never pray a prayer and say that, Oh God, please humble me. Oh God, please humble me. Oh God, please. Hey, don't pray that prayer. Because you may not like the results that you will get. You find yourself in a place that you never imagined. No. It's always best to humble ourselves. And it's scripture to pray that Holy Spirit help me to humble myself. But never pray and say, God, humble me. God, humble me. I say, you will not like the results of it. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, God in his word has revealed a specific way to humble ourselves. I'm closing. If humility is important, if self-humility is important, the question is, how can we attain it? How can you become self-humble? The answer is by fasting. My last scripture, Psalm 35 verse 13. Psalm 35 verse 13, we read it earlier on. This is David. He says, but as for me, when they were sick, King James Version, my clothing was sackcloth. Now, notice the next thing he says. I humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer returned into my own bosom. I humbled my soul with fasting. And so, how can you humble yourself? Through fasting. So, fasting is the key to self-humility. Fasting is the key to humbling yourself so that God will make you great, so that God will exalt you, so that God will honor you. So, these are some of the important truths about fasting that I have had this privilege of sharing with you today. Next week, by the grace of God, if Jesus tarries, I'm going to take us a bit more into this study on the important truths of fasting. But I pray and trust that what you've heard today has greatly helped you and you received a lot of illumination about fasting. God bless you. Bow down your hearts and let us pray. Father, thank you for today and thank you for this exposition on fasting. I pray in the name of Jesus that everyone who has heard me 
and listen to this message will receive further insight, further understanding, a deeper revelation about fasting and how important it is in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, today, I give my heart to Jesus. I open my heart to him. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me for all my sins. Wash me with the blood of Jesus. Make my life brand new. From today, I am yours and you are mine. I will serve you and I will follow you for the rest of my life. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you for praying this prayer. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.